Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Jed Gardner. He is the SVP at Line Data. And first of all, Jed, thank you for taking the time to visit with me and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So, Jed, first of all, I'd like to ask you, what is your role at Line Data? And then what's the business of your organization? Certainly. So my role at Line Data is Senior Vice President of Line Data Technology Services. Um, Line Data is a financial software and services provider aiming at providing enterprise solutions into the financial sector. We've been established as one of the leading software and services providers in the financial sector, particularly front middle office and back office trading for around the last 20 years. And we're pretty well known as one of the leading technology spaces within the financial sector. Jed, what is the, or I guess, could you describe Line Data Technology Services a little bit more? Yeah, certainly. So Line Data Technology Services addresses three large challenges within the financial sector. It really looks at providing solutions to cloud computing, which involves both private and public cloud computing, providing those services to, in particular, investment businesses which we've been pretty well established in private cloud computing for the last 20 years. We've been providing those services into the financial sector for as long as that. And then off the side of that, what we've been providing within those services is cybersecurity as well. And that's really looking at SEC compliance and compliance within our environments, within the investment sector, and then taking that a step further to be able to provide services that then provide not only just the requirements for the SEC or FINRA, but also the additional value of knowing that businesses are protected and not just trying to tick boxes. And then underneath that, we have our managed services that are our 24-7 support services that are both remote and on-prem. And then that kind of arches into our security operations center, which we utilize to deliver our security services. So I was wondering, Jed, if you could go into a little bit more detail around how Line Data helps senior executives at investment firms address cybersecurity risk, as that seems to be on the forefront of everyone's mind these days. Yeah, I mean, so Line Data has really been hyper-focused in our approach to cybersecurity. It was made abundantly clear by the SEC that we're quite frankly just not doing enough anymore to address the requirements of cybersecurity especially in the financial sector. What Line Data has really been doing is looking at the way that businesses are protecting themselves. And the the traditional view of compliance officers and security information officers of, I just need to meet the requirements of the regulations that we're being given down, and that will be enough. That really has taken a shift to now making sure that we are providing a level of confidence to senior executives within investment firms that they are protected on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. 
If you really take a look at the DDQ process, the due diligence questionnaires that most businesses have to fill out to try and remain compliant in many sectors, what we've really tried to do is take that a step further and make sure that we're not just ticking boxes once a year, but we're really making sure that on a day-to-day basis, senior executives feel comfortable. The way that we've been addressing that is by providing levels of service and reporting that do meet the SEC and FINRA requirements, but really push beyond that. And I think if you look at what happened with the SEC a few years ago and the breach that they had, where they were breached and they lost data and it was published, they really responded to that in an excellent way. And that was to put in a really solid cybersecurity policy for themselves and then to push that onto the firms that register with them. What we've done is we've taken those requirements that are very specific and then we've implemented them, but we've also put reporting around that to make sure that we are able to use our tool sets to provide that day-to-day view. Jenna, more than once in your remarks, you've talked about not only are the regulators requiring a more robust cybersecurity compliance program, but the really the dangers of a paper program. And I was wondering, is that a message that resonates both with your clients or line data's clients and in the marketplace as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at data classification, which is a good place to start when you talk about where data exists and whether it's in soft or paper format, one of the things that we like to try and do at line data, both internally and with our clients, is to categorize data and define the locations of it. It's something that really came about in the last sort of four or five years that data classification was important. And it was driven very heavily by GDPR, actually, in Europe and how GDPR came through. And there was a very heavy focus on data classification as part of that regulation. It's extremely important, both from our point of view in providing services, but for businesses who are regulated to, or even not regulated, who just don't want to be breached or want to minimize the chances of being breached, to classify data, understand where it is, understand the risk of it, and the impact both on the business and the stakeholders in the form of employees and customers, and know where it is, know the risk of it, know the data prevention technologies that they have in place and policies that they have in place, and then think about the best way to keep that data, the live data protected, but also to think about how archives are going to be accessed later down the line as well and the types of security to put around that. Jed, one of the things I'm always intrigued about is the following issue. I am a anti-corruption compliance specialist. Uh Uh, Many of my listeners are in that space. Many of my listeners are in the space that you are in as well. But one clear struggle across all compliance spaces is around vendors. First party Uh vendors, second party, third and fourth party vendors. Uh And so I was wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about how line data works to utilize external factors, machine learning, and most particularly your layer defense approach to cybersecurity with those vendors that are a little bit further down the supply chain. Yeah, so it's been something that we have been asked to consider for our customers at Line Data. I mean, if you start from the layer defense approach, which really provides the structure of how you should look at your protection and at which stages you should be 
considering your levels of protection with data being the absolute and intellectual property being the absolute core of that. That has really driven, I think, when you say external factors with vendors, data loss prevention considerations. One of the things that we tried to do with our products that has been very successful is to look at how we're assessing vendors from the due diligence point of view. So I mentioned earlier that we've been developing services around due diligence questionnaires and trying to remove that factor of once a year, we're just going to look at our vendors. If they just tell us that they're doing something that we find acceptable, then we'll sign that piece of paper off. It will go into our compliance filing for a year and then we'll come back to it when the next year comes around. Well, Okay, so the first question being, how do you know that they've told you the truth? How can you not be sure that the day after that that's been signed off and has gone into an archive that they haven't gone and changed everything around the way that they deliver their services and the technologies that they use to deliver their services? And equally, as you've alluded to, the third and fourth party factor, which really does get forgotten, is not only are we thinking about the third party relationship, but then who is the third party using and how are they delivering their services and where from and those types of considerations. The way that we've really approached that and we've developed really our own tool sets, which have helped us to do this, is we are interacting with our clients to and they're giving us their full vendor lists. And then we're going and looking at those vendors and then we're looking at their their, their vendors And then we're creating automated reports that give us an idea of what the vendor looks like and how that can be applied to understand risk. In some instances, we are looking, depending on what kind of vendor it is and how much we know about them, we're applying some pretty standard approaches on financial security, reported security breaches, those types of things. But when we start to get into vendors that we're not sure about and we want more information, as we do actually with our our main client names, is that we dig further. We look into sentiment-based social media tracking to understand whether there, there are some things happening in the market that they might not want to. A good example is with private equity firms where we're looking, we ask for their portfolio companies, which are subsidiaries that they have either bought percentages in of ownership or they've given finance to. And we look at patterns to understand whether there's risk within them. And those patterns could be that they're a retail business and they're putting on a lot of offers recently, which would suggest possibly that they have some financial cash flow issues because they're trying to get cash in quick. And we can use machine learning models to analyze those things. But also when we start to look deeper and deeper, what we're really looking for is, okay, let's look on the dark web. Let's see if there's anything in the dark web that's telling us that there's some activity going on around this business and they can't be trusted or there's a high risk level. And then what we do is we categorize all of that into reporting. And when I say that senior executives are interested in this information, that is the type of information that they're really interested in, is the risk to their business associated with those third and fourth party vendors where they didn't necessarily know that those vendors were being used and the analytics that they had just weren't deep enough. And they do want to know all of the risk because ultimately they become personally responsible for it. A good example is when we were looking into providing this service to one of our clients, they gave us a list of 74 vendor names 
and we ended up finding 213 when we started to do our analysis. And so you can really, and that's looking through invoicing and finance systems and understanding who they've paid and all of those things that help us get to that point. But it really shows that doing a proper analysis and having companies like Line Data or third parties delivering that service can really unearth more information that can be considered risky. Jen, what is a 360-degree risk analysis? It's really some of what I've just explained, but the 360-degree risk analysis is looking at the third and fourth party vendors, looking at the dark web, looking at sentiment-based analysis, but also penetration testing externally, testing IP addresses and internet connections of businesses to look for open holes that could be explored or exploited by hackers, looking for vulnerability assessments or doing vulnerability assessments within businesses to look at endpoints and understand whether endpoints are at risk, doing user training to train users to understand how to look for phishing. You've received an email saying, this is an invoice. Is it really an invoice? And how do you know whether to, how to look for a spoof attack? You know, how to log off of your cloud services to make sure that you don't get session hacked. And then bringing all of those things together and understanding what the risk profile is of the business and doing that kind of discovery, but on an ongoing basis. So we have tool sets that enable us to do this on a, a weekly, daily, monthly basis. Being able to implement that for businesses and provide feedback on a regular basis allows us to correctly protect them as much as we possibly can, but also, again, gives the senior executives confidence that they aren't just once in a year check. It is an ongoing process that we are addressing through our tools and automation and knowledge within our cybersecurity practice. Jen, one of the things I'm asked most often is not whether a compliance solution can save money, because many compliance solutions can do that, but it's can a compliance solution increase business efficiency and productivity leading to increase in profitability? Is that something that Line Data is really able to deliver to its client and customer base as well? Yeah, I think the broader side of this is that If you look at managed services in general, and you consider the way that managed services can be delivered to increase productivity and profitability, it's about adding value in a way that you can take repetitive tasks and give them to a service provider so that you can give time back to your key members of staff that are then able to provide value back into the business that could increase profitability through the increase of productivity. A good example of that is if you have a security operation center that is helping your compliance team to remain compliant through the monitoring of security data through a SIEM service, which is a monitoring product that monitors your entire infrastructure for security-based breaches and risks, and then actions those based on the output then you might want to take that service and give it to someone else so that actually what you can do is ask your teams to then not just look at the response mechanisms of how to respond to security incidents, but to think about how can we stop these things from happening permanently so that we can reduce the amount of monitoring alerts that we're getting. Those types of things really, really 
do add value. When you're looking at profitability and productivity within the investment world, really common ways of getting productivity and profitability out of an investment company through using managed services is to look at the processes around due diligence questionnaires. And as I said earlier, you know, line data services around the 360 degree risk analysis, which the SEC do actually accept replaces a DDQ, which is quite a big thing, stops the security teams and compliance teams having to respond to due diligence questionnaires, which in turn means that they are able to then look at how to enable the business to be more productive through the more efficient implementation of security and compliance. And then in turn, utilizing that knowledge to then allow the business to operate more freely and more efficiently. You know, I think the, the underlying understanding of compliance and security is that it's something that gets in the way my opinion is completely different. I think compliance and security can be an absolute value add. And if it's delivered properly and the answer to the question isn't automatically no, it's how can we help you get there, I think has to be the answer. Jed, one of the things that intrigued me was that line data is helping develop an IT operational response to DevOps. And I was wondering if you might be able to give a few words on what that is and what that response can bring to an organization. Yeah, sure. I mean, if we start with DevOps and what DevOps really is, DevOps is a methodology that was developed in software development teams to try to automate the process of testing and deploying new features of software into the software itself. And what that was aimed at was trying to speed up the feature release of new software features. Taking an example of one of the biggest streaming companies in the world, who is a leader in DevOps, they are able to release uh, thousands of new features a week because of this methodology and because of the lack of needing a full QA process and UAT process, they are actually able to deliver features into their software. And there is no approval method that needs to be followed. There is just an automated testing method. And as soon as it passes that automated testing method, the feature is deployed. If that feature doesn't get used by over 10,000 users within two weeks, then the feature is automatically removed. That's a good example of how DevOps can be really effective. Now, the problem that that created was that developers were able to move a lot quicker because of that. And in technology, the developers tend to develop their software and then ask security and IT operations whether it's secure and whether the IT has been designed correctly at the end of the process. With DevOps, the idea is that security operations and IT operations are involved at the beginning, but because development now see this really fast path to deploying software and features, they still see IT operations and security operations slowing them down. So they still aren't really asking that question. So in response to that, the AI ops has been developed, which is an IT operations methodology that enables IT operations and security operations to fit into the DevOps methodology and move at the same speed so that IT and security can be considered from the beginning. Line data is really looking to use AI ops with our IT operations and security operations 
to match the speed at which now our development teams move. And the reason that that's important to us is because we have to remain compliant within our industry and by creating a solution where security operations and IT operations can be involved from the beginning, we are making sure that things like containers, which are serverless farms, are able to be secured from the beginning so that we don't run into compliance issues and security issues later on down the line. Yet, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on Line Data, where could they go? So you can go to linedata.com under services and outsourcing. We have Line Data Gravitas, which is uh, the previous name of the company. And under that, we have cloud, cybersecurity, and managed services. But in general, linedata.com is where you can find everything about Line Data. Yeah, this has been a fascinating exploration of a topic that is really on the forefront of many compliance practitioners in a wide variety of disciplines mind. So I want to do uh, thank you again for taking the time to visit with me today. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.